0: God, thank you for the sweet presence of your Holy Ghost in our midst. We love you, dear Jesus. We need your holy hand, your mighty touch every day. that healing settle and peace settle on your people. Oh, dear God, in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen and Amen. Thank God and thank God. Everybody said praise the Lord. All right, if you have a Bible, let's take a good look at God's Word this morning. I'm turning to 2 Corinthians, the last chapter, chapter 13. Very nice to see each and every one of you here on what seems to be a cool fall day. All right. 2 Corinthians 13, verse 8, for we can do nothing against the truth, but for the truth. I'd like to work for a little while on for the truth. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. Jesus introduced his church, Matthew 16, and he let the apostles know that he was giving them the keys to the kingdom and in subject matter that whatsoever they bound in heaven would be bound in earth, and whatsoever they loosed in heaven would be loosed on earth would be loosed in heaven. And so He was getting things set up, getting things ready, the ball was rolling and uh, after that he was crucified then he he gave up the, the ghost or the spirit on the cross, the withdrawing of the spirit from that body of flesh. That invisible left the visible. Consequently there was left that carcass, that body on the cross, which Joseph of Arimathea did come and beg Pilate for, and he was granted. They came and took the body, and the women prepared him for burial, and then uh, three days later, and the scripture teaches, after that he first descended into the lower parts of the earth, then he did ascend up. Uh, far above all heaven's principality and powers and so, and that's where he gave gifts unto men and uh, in leading captivity captive in so doing then he was going to give and did give last minute instructions to above 500 that he had brought out to meet him in a place called Bethany Mount of Olives overlooking Jerusalem that city, that city of God. And so and even one place called it the Holy City of God. And there he, giving them these last minute instructions, he sent them from Bethany in the Mount of Olives. He sent them to Jerusalem. Told them that repentance and remission of sins would be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And so this beginning place. Uh, then the scripture teaches that he told them that they were to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And in so doing, they were to preach it to every everybody. There was not to be any exceptions. Nobody was to be left out. They were to try to reach everybody they could. And Paul did talk about. Everybody under the sound, every creature under the sound of his voice had heard this great truth. He didn't feel like one person had been neglected. And the time came now where Jesus made it crystal clear that the church would come into full birth, and that was found in Acts chapters 1 and 2. And that's where he gave them instructions also that They were to receive the Holy Ghost. A lot of people want to receive, have been told and instructed erroneously, uh, what did it say if any of you do err from the truth? And there's lots of people that are missing the truth. And there's a big difference, I will say, between not getting this truth and erring from the truth, which would strongly suggest that you had it and you were departing from it. So, but there's a lot of people that, unfortunately, through unbelief and doubt and fear, the gospel has been hid from their eyes, and that's a very sad thing, because Jesus really wants everybody to see it. He gave his life on the cross that everybody could have the knowledge of the truth to make it a possibility. Whosoever will, John 3:16 says. And so it has been made a possibility. And to uh, give your heart to him and let him open your understanding, as he will do, to this truth and for you to get it. Then you want to realize that Jesus, in telling them to preach it, the gospel, the truth of the scriptures to everybody everywhere, and that they went to the upper room. That is, about 120 of them did. Unfortunately, 380, like the country boy, they got sot in their ways, and they wouldn't get away from tradition. They wouldn't get away from the influence of family and friends, so-called, and uh, other influences that kept them, unfortunately, or they allowed it to keep them from following Jesus to the full knowledge of of the truth. But about 120 would not be deterred by anything. And that's certainly how we're going to have to be. Realizing, as Paul said in 2 Corinthians 13 and 8, he made it clear that we can't do anything against the truth. You can can fight. You can depart with an evil heart of unbelief. You can kick up your heels. You can cast up dust. You can spew forth all kinds of uh, nasty words and phrases, you can get mad in your spirit, ugly in your attitude, you can yield to wrong spirits, in other words, you can do that, but ultimately, you can do nothing against the truth, it's it's going to come to naught, Uh, whereas he said, but for the truth, you can do nothing except for the truth, is what he's saying. And for us to realize that it's far better for us to get behind Jesus Christ, for us to get behind His church, for us to realize that He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and that His church is glorious, and it's, it's glorious in power, and that it's going to uh, definitely be victorious in the final analysis. The enemy's gonna to think to wear it out. The enemy's gonna to think to do much evil. And that's how he thinks. And uh, but he's been defeated already. He is a defeated foe. And he but he's a diehard. I guess he should have been a Sears battery, huh? He he's a diehard. And uh, he's just gonna keep on, keeping on, keeping on, and in doing it he's going to continue to deceive the hearts of the simple he, with, and he's going to have his fair speeches, he's going to have his smooth words. he's going to get people to uh, somehow another. He's going to get them <clears throat> to follow him uh, in his what well, the Bible used the term pernicious ways or injurious ways, his damning ways, damnable heresies, the Bible called them. these will not bring you to heaven. These are not going to help you to make it where you'll be with Jesus for all of eternity, but rather it's going to be the opposite. He's going to bring things to your eyes and your ears and your heart and your mind that are going to cause confusion and eternal confusion. And he, he's going to make people believe that they can actually uh, fight against the truth and have some kind of victory along those lines when the writer's telling you not going to happen. No matter what it looks like visually or naturally, hear me now, no matter what it looks like, it is not going to bring any kind of lasting victory against the church. The church is going to do just what it's predestined to do, and that is, it's going to be victorious. It's going to stand with its Savior who says, I have the keys and uh, victorious over death, hell, and the grave. And he said, I'm giving my keys to my kingdom, to my church, and they're going to show people the way into the body of Christ. And so you want to be sure that as the word of God goes forth, that it's entering into your heart, and that it's uh, you're allowing it to to find a fertile soil of your heart to where... You will bring forth fruit unto eternal life as Jesus wants that produced in your life. You don't want to sit, be found to sit in the seat of the scornful. You don't want to be found to uh, be trying somehow to be contrary and be against the truth. Not at all. You want to tell yourself, I'm going to obey this truth. I'm going to work for this truth. I am for the truth. I'm for this. I'm for this. I'm not against this. I'm for this. This is right. I'm going to get behind it. Even as in the Old Testament, uh, when God's anointing was upon Jehu, and uh, he set about to fulfill the commandments of the Lord that were given to him. One of them, he was headed to a particular city, and as they looked from the walls of that city, they saw someone coming, and they said, who is it? And one of them said, it looks like my driving. said, it looks like Jehu. He driveth furiously. My wife was looking up on the, and you pray for her, she's battling this, uh, I don't know, sore throat and all kinds of head cold stuff. I don't know. I guess it's this change of fall weather. I don't know. But uh, we sure don't want to give it to anybody else. And she's worried she's going to give it to me. But I don't want it. I want it. <laughs> you keep that to yourself, honey. I want that. I'm going to pray for you. Get rid of it. But don't give it to me. But uh, anyway, uh, I had her look up one of the cities to here and, and to where our next rally is at also. And told how far it would be and the amount of miles. They said it was 67 miles. And they said it would be about an hour and 37 minutes. And I said, an hour and 37 minutes to go 67 miles? I said, I'd go to Fort Myers, which is 97 miles, in an hour and 15 minutes. I said, I, that's 30 miles less. How could it be more time? She said, honey, everybody doesn't drive like you. <laughs> well, Hallelujah. How can I say? They looked out and they recognized that that must be Jehu driving because he's driving furiously. Well, I know the king's business requires haste, And Jehu was on the king's business. And he was driving furiously. And so they sent somebody out. And they were expecting him to confront Jehu and stop him. But instead, the individual got behind Jehu and wound up riding with him to the city. So they sent another one out. Same result. He himself got behind Jehu. Good to get behind the truth. Good to get behind where God's anointing is at. Good to get behind the direction that God is sending the man of God to do the bidding and the commandment of the Lord. Lots of people are going to want you to come here and come there and be behind this wall and be on top of this and be along with that. But remember, you can do nothing against the truth. You can do for the truth. Tell yourself, I'm for the truth. I'm for it. Not going to allow anything. Not going to allow. I've seen people uh, put on their own zeal, operating their own human spirit, seen people do that, Bible talked about it being a fair show in the flesh, big difference between being in the flesh, being in the spirit, oh yeah, people can, they can put on a fair show in the flesh, and they can uh, give off an attitude look like they're really doing something, and they can come up with all kinds of things, But you know that and the truth is two different things. And to have this truth, to hold it dear in your heart and to learn how to discern the difference between what is of God and what is not of God. And to ask God to help you to never do anything or to attempt to do anything or to find yourself in a position where you would be taking a stance against the truth, which will avail nothing. There are things that will avail much. The effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. It gets a lot done. It gets a lot done. Going against truth doesn't get anything done. Nothing at all. Just a big waste of time. And Paul said, we're to get in this race, and we're to run this race. And he said, we're going to do it in a manner that he said we'll bring ourselves into subjection. And therein lies the big battle, right? Bringing ourselves into subjection. And, uh, you know, after you eat a good meal and you're full, even to the point that you're like, oh, you know, boy, you're ready to fast then. (laughs) Reminds me of some young men that are are in the church when they were a little younger. And they told their dad, they said, We want a fast, as they were sitting at the dinner table. And uh, he said, all right. So they set a day and a time to start their fast. So the boys showed up an hour later and said, "Um, when does this end? (laughs) And they said, we're hungry. Oh, Lord, one hour. It reminds you of Jesus when he talked about, looked at his disciples, and he, he said, found them asleep, and he said, could you not watch with me but one hour, just one hour? And uh, so this old flesh is definitely weak, the scripture said, but the spirit is willing to get in the spirit, to get into that frame of mind where God's spirit is upon us and we're we're in the spirit. We're praying in the spirit. We're fasting in the spirit. We're reading the book in the spirit. We're just worshiping in the spirit. We're we're operating in the spirit. The Bible talked about the operation of God to operate in the spirit. I remember uh, Sister Ann when she got attacked by that dog and ripped her face up, and uh, I was at the hospital with her, and and uh, I w- they allowed me to go right into the room and and uh, the doctor was uh, sewing up the stitches and he looked at me and he said, here, hold this. Gave me a big long piece of thread. And he was sewing up the stitch. And he had me, say, do, hold this, do this. And Pretty soon I was, <laughs> I was part doctor for the moment. And uh, so, you know, when the Lord pulls you into a thing and he wants you to be a part and he wants to teach you about the truth, and he wants you to know the difference and show you how it operates so that you can be for the truth, for you can get that so deep in your heart that no matter what a religious world does and how they say it and the words that they throw out and uh, how they somehow try to put on a show that you will not be deceived and that you will not become a part of it. And that you will... uh, What did the one man say? He told the prophet, he said, you know that I'm a captain in the army from another country. And he said, and my leader, my king, he said, when I have to go into the place of his God and for him to worship, and he leans upon my shoulder." He told him, he said, I'm in a circumstance where I really can't do anything about the circumstance I'm in. He said, don't hold it against me. Don't think anything about it, O oh man of God, because that's not where my heart is at. My heart is right here with you and the great healing and the many things that you've done for me. He said, but circumstances are such that, you know, I, I may have to bend my knee a little bit, but it's not in any reverence to anything, especially a stone or a stick or a man-made way of doing things, Said my heart is, is with God, who is a God of truth. I'm with Him. I'm with Him. I'm with Him. There are things that we have to tolerate. There are things you have to tolerate on your job. There will be people that will talk wrong There will be people that will tell unclean jokes. And uh, there will be people who will not look right or act right. And their uh, attitude won't be right. But you have to maintain your walk with God. You have to remember whom you serve. You have to represent the truth of the Scripture. And we have to We constantly look for ways of wisdom. We look for ways uh, to handle ourselves and conduct ourselves to let our light so shine that we might have a good positive effect on people. We're not trying to turn people away. We're not trying to run people off. But neither do we want to lay down and die. Neither do we want to let them think for a moment that we're any part of their way of thinking and their way of doing We want them to know that we have been separated by truth. We've been separated unto God. And that we are truly, uh, through this born-again experience, we are saved, we are sanctified, we are glorified, and we are even justified by this being baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. It's such a beautiful package deal. All that He does for us, In that born again experience, in that truth that He places in our hearts. I don't have to come back later to get some other part of this. Oh, everything they needed blew into the upper room that day, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. The house was full of the Spirit of God. They weren't lacking anything, and neither are you. When you are baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, when you are filled, with the gift of the Holy Ghost. You're not lacking anything. The Bible said He saves to the uttermost. He doesn't leave a stone unturned. He doesn't leave anything lacking. He completes the job in your life. And you want to work with that. You want to believe that. It's going to be spirits rise up through people. It's going to be spirits rise up through so-called family and friends. People on the job. And they're going to try to discourage you. They're going to try to dissuade you. They're going to try to turn you in different directions. They're going to try to make convince you that they're just fine, just like they are. But you know better. You know better now. You know where you've come from. You know what God has done for you. Amen. You know that. In, in the work of God as Jesus sent them forth, In the book of Acts, chapter 2, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. They all began to speak with other tongues or languages as the Spirit gave them the utterance or the ability to speak or God speaking through them because He recognized that they were truly believing in their heart. So He sent forth His Spirit into their believing heart. And when He did that, He then spake through them and they confessed with their mouth. As they spake in another tongue or another language, and this experience of receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, there is nothing else like it. There is no uh, that you something else that you could get that it would be considered the same. There is it is totally unique, comes from God, and it is it is for you as an individual. He wants you to believe in that. He wants you to believe in that. We had. Uh, some received the Holy Ghost at the rally in Fort Myers. And one of them was a little old boy. And there was a brand new woman there uh, that had come up to the altar. And she happened to be standing next to that little boy. And when, when the uh, service had come to a final conclusion, and I was standing there, she looked at me and she said, Now that was really something, she said. That was great. <laughs> and I said, Yes, it is. In other words, you get it too, okay? You get it too. You get it too. But to see to see a, an innocent young child or an adult receive, a guilty adult we will say, to receive this great experience and their face to, to shine with the glory of God and to watch them as they begin to speak in another language as God gives them the ability to do so. It's such a most beautiful thing. And as I said, there's nothing to compare to it. As one writer said, to what will I compare the kingdom of God? Wherewith shall we compare it? There's really, you know, you try to find analogies and allegories and all kinds of ways that maybe people could uh, somehow or another relate to this great kingdom of God. And that's why Jesus would give illustrations of truth in speaking to people uh, and tell you, you know, there was a certain man or certain situation, certain field because he was giving you truth but he was illustrating it hoping that you could somehow or another that you could comprehend and he would help you and even he would open your understanding and he did so that they could comprehend the truth so that they could relate he was trying to get down on their level I'm glad that Jesus gets down on our level I'm glad that he looked at a woman He looked at a woman because she was taken and thrown at his feet and accused, uh, and rightly so, uh, of adultery, that she was caught in the very act. And uh, how embarrassing that must have been. And how they threw her at Jesus' feet, accusing her, and telling him, (laughs) can you imagine, telling him what the law said not knowing that they were looking and talking to the author of the law. <laughs> you know, he could have just said, uh, excuse me, I wrote that book. <laughs> I'm the author, hello. <laughs> and, uh, but he didn't, he didn't, and uh, he listened to them. And then, you know, the Bible teaches that he gave such a beautiful example that he stooped down and he began to write in the sand after that he told them. He that is without sin let him cast the first stone because they had told him and informed him that the law said she should be stoned. What do you say, Master? And so he said, well, I say, first one among you that doesn't have any sin, that should be the one to cast the first stone. And then he just ignored them and bent down and stooped down and began to write in the sand. Well, What a beautiful example of him stooping down to us who are of low estate. And that's what his mother said in the early days before she birthed him. How that the Spirit had highly exalted them that were of low degree. How that God picks us up. How that God's Spirit reaches down to us, stoops down to us gives us a picture of grace, the unsearchable riches of his grace, that we who are full of sin, that he would be mindful of us, that he would care about us, in our, while our minds were enemies against him, in our wicked works, in our wicked minds, in our wicked desires and thoughts. And yet, he would see through all of that. He would push through all of that, and that he would help us and how great he is to do that. And so, having stood back up, illustrating how that grace, his grace, comes our way, he, he straightens up and he looks, and suddenly there's nobody there. The house is empty, except for the woman and him. And he said, Woman, I like that. Woman, <laughs> where are those thine accusers? I'll go around the house once in a while, and I don't know where the boss is at, and I'll say, woman! She'll say from somewhere, man! <laughs> and so, anyway, he said, woman, where are those thine accusers? And, and he, she said, no man here, Lord, but me and thee. Well, you know, that's what it's going to really boil down to, isn't it? It's going to come down to that day, and you will face him. For it is written, we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And our way of thinking, you know, not going to work too good. They thought they had it right when they said, Moses said, she's to be stoned. Just like the devil when he said, cast thyself down, for it is written. He's given his angels charge concerning thee. Lest thou at any time dash thy foot against a the stone. They thought they had it all right. The devil thought he had it all right. Thought he had Jesus checkmated. And of course, Jesus looked at the woman and he said, Well, if they don't accuse you, he said, then neither do I. He said, Now listen. He said, You go your way and sin no more. Lest a worse thing come upon thee. You do what I'm telling you to do. Well, I don't know how I'm going to. Do. You do what I'm telling you to do. The truth. I'm going to do the truth. I'm for the truth. And you know, when the little woman and you and all of us, that's when you put God to the to the test. When you do the truth. When you do what He said then it's his turn to come through. Okay? And he'll take care of his side of things. You don't have to worry about God. He knows how to provide. little woman, a widow, the book said, lived in a certain area known as Sarepta, I guess like saying Palm Beach County, that certain region. And uh, it seemed to be a rather remote area. It seemed to be an out-of-the-way place didn't seem to have the big highlights and the advertisement and as being the resort area and so but that's where God sent the prophet and so the prophet pulls into town the dust settles some of it on him and he begins to look around By this time, he's pretty famished, and he sees this woman, and he said, "Uh, Caesar, she's got something going on there, and he said, hey, what you doing? She said, well, I'm kneading together a little meal, and uh, it was some form of wheat, and she was putting it together with I guess a bowl and a pestle or kneading it with her hands and preparing it. She said, I'm making a cake. And uh, she said, it's for me. One little cake for me and my, my child. She said, we're going to eat it and then we're going to die. I guess that's where they got on on death row, they give you your last meal, huh? Get the idea from for it. And so prophet said, well, I'll tell you what, I want you to get this straight in your mind. Please. She Got a little, call it a hamburger, if you please. Maybe a slider, a small one. <laughs> and, uh, and she tells him, it's for me and the boy. We're going to eat this, and then we're going to die. And he says, well, he said, you give that to me. You know in her mind she was saying, say what? Am I hearing you right? I didn't read that she said that. I read that she gave it to him. And I imagine she had to be looking on, salivating a little bit, and uh, drooling a little bit, you know. And uh, next thing you know, the word of the Lord starts to come forth. And starts giving her instructions and directions as to what to do. And uh, the Lord took care of the little woman. And Jesus recounted that in the New Testament. How that the prophet wasn't sent to the many widows. But just to that one in that region known as Sarepta. Oh, friend, God knows how to come right to you and your problem, and your situation. But he's looking to see if you're for the truth. He's looking like Jehu, seeing you coming down, riding your horse, so to speak, and in your transportation or your mode of transportation, and see if you're going to swing behind him. Are you going to oppose him, or are you going to get behind him? Are you against or are you for? I heard the preacher say that anti didn't mean against. It meant in place of. Well, you know, Brother Weekly, the old preacher know how to get the young preacher aside every once in a while. I got him aside and I said, uh, do you mean to tell me that you can't think of an instance when the word anti means against, and he said, No, no. He said, if it means in place of, he said, I guess that'd pretty much mean you were against. I said, yeah, I guess it would, wouldn't it? You know you gotta be careful because we're listening. <laughs> we're listening. We're listening. And I enjoy food for thought, but I enjoy the book too. I enjoy the book too. But I will tell you that the enemy would like to put something else in being anti or against. He would like to put something else in place of what God has appointed. And God has appointed this truth. And he wants it in your heart. He wants it in your life. And you tell yourself that you're going to be for the truth and that you're going to learn this truth and you're going to obey this truth you're going to be a doer of this truth. Amen. Amen. When the church rolled out of the upper room of the city, in the city of Jerusalem, and they begin to go in the streets, they begin to fill Jerusalem with the apostles' doctrine, hence apostolic. They continued, the church continued steadfastly in the apostles' or the apostolic doctrine, or the doctrine that is of the apostles, okay? And as they did so, and as they filled Jerusalem with this message, with this doctrine, then the Bible teaches that they begin to reach thousands of people. And the Bible teaches, of course, that there was a one of the seven by the name of Philip. He was trained, and, and he showed himself qualified, and uh, he proved himself. And in so doing, you know, if you could do little jobs well, then you can be trusted to do a bigger job. And he learned how to make sandwiches. He learned how to pour out Kool-Aid and sweet tea and help widow women that were feeling a little, you know, neglected. And they took note of this man, as did the Holy Ghost. And he was separated by the church and the Holy Ghost to go to Samaria and to preach Christ unto them. They already knew he knew how to preach Christ. They just had to find out if he knew how to make sandwiches. And so, he preached Christ to them. And all the Holy Ghost moved. And the city was filled with joy. He baptized them. Even in his inexperience, he he baptized one he shouldn't have ought to have bothered with. He slipped by. Old Simon the sorcerer did. But uh, when the apostles came down, men with a little more seasoning, they came down and having heard that Samaria had received the word of God. But they found out that they hadn't received the Holy Ghost. And so they begin only that they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Which they had to be. But that wasn't enough by itself. And so they were born again of water. But they were not yet born again of the Spirit. And so they begin to lay hands on them and pray for them. And the Holy Ghost began to fall and begin to get the Holy Ghost. And uh, of sure enough, somebody by the name of Simon the Sorcerer, in observing the success and what was taking place and how it, wow, what was taking, how, what was happening here. And he said, man, he said, I see a new gimmick. I see a new gig. Oh, friend, if I could take this and bottle it and commercialize it, who we could really make a bunch of money here. And that's how natural people think. And so, he approached the apostle Peter and he offered him money. If you'll give me this power that you have, he said, I'll, I'll give you money for it. And boy, Peter preached him one more sermon. He began to, to lay hands, to lay, I told you the other night the song Eye on It. Well, Peter put his eyes on that fella and he began to tell him, you would call it how the cat ate the canary. <laughs> he began to tell him, friend. And uh, he let him know that he was bound by iniquity. It was a sinful spirit that got a hold of him. It was a wrong attitude. No matter what you're trying to do in the name of Jesus Christ, you're doing it wrong. You're an absence of truth here. Your spirit's not right. And you're in the bond of iniquity. Your heart is not right. And oh boy, it shook that guy to his toenails. And so he said, pray for me that none of these things that you've said Come upon me, and oh man, I want you to know—you want to be for the truth. You don't want to, you don't want to get crossways with this. You don't want to get the wires crossed. And uh, I don't know if you've ever done any electrical work, but usually you don't do too much of it. But what you get the experience of touching the live wire, All right, Ed? Boy, if you ever touch that live wire, you're going to know it. You know, you're going to know it very sad story about a man that actually in the church uh, not here but in this state and he worked for FPL for many years and I guess he got a little overconfident one day and he violated uh, one of the procedures that was when you're working on that high voltage wire up there you put on those rubber gloves and he didn't and it hit him he lost both his hands and uh, so it pays to follow the procedures. It pays to stay with the scripture. It pays to take the warning that comes from the word of God that we can be doing for the truth. But we're not going to prosper when we try to go against the truth. So you, you do for the truth. You do for the truth. The church in reaching and going forward They begin to reach outside as they were appointed to do by Jesus Christ. And they came to a region known as Rome. Hence we get a congregation that was started up among the Gentiles. People that were not Jewish by background. And hence we get a letter or an epistle that was written instructions that were written to this new congregation in Rome. And then Corinth, a work was sprung up there. And so it became necessary for the apostle to send a message to the new congregation at Corinth to the Corinthians. A message directly for them, dealing with their problems. And so he did that. And then the time came as a work sprung up, because somebody was faithful. Somebody was doing what the church does, and they were taking the truth and being for it. And they were obeying the apostles as they were taking men with them and getting them started in new areas. And now at a place called Galatia, they got a work going. And so the message went forth from the Apostle to the Galatians, and he told them in his letter. Evidently, they hadn't been in New Work too very long, and it's amazing how some people can be in the church for just a little while, and they feel like they know it all. Very dangerous, very dangerous. We are, that one portion of the Scripture can be such a positive thing for us. Said man is ever learning. That we want to continue, as Jesus said, Come unto me and learn of me. We want to keep growing in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We do not want to get a false feeling of being overconfident, thinketh we're standing when we might fall. We've got to remember that we're in desperate need. Of the help of Jesus Christ through the church, through the system, through the way that He does things, lest at any time we should fall, even from our own steadfastness, being led away uh, from this truth, being led away with the error of the wicked, okay, and wind up departing from the living God with an evil heart of unbelief. The enemy is looking for a way in. I liken spirits to the flu, because you can identify, because most everybody here at one time or another has had the flu, some form of it, and some strain of it, and uh, you know what it does to you, and you know how somehow, maybe you wake up and you just don't feel good, or maybe you come home from work and you don't feel good, or maybe you felt like everything was just fine, and then all of a sudden pop the finger and, oh, you're running a fever. You, you know, your nose is run, Your eyes are watery. And you get that queasy feeling from head to toe. And uh, you get kind of rubbery feeling, you know. And maybe even you get an upset stomach. Different things that can become symptoms of having the flu. Well, evil spirits bring symptoms too. And people... Aren't their best self, and they get, they get irritable, uh, and they get, you know, kind of talk backy, and they, they get uh, thinking contrary in their mind, and they're just not in their best frame of mind, their best attitude, their best spirit, and uh, maybe they say some things wrong, or they do some things wrong, and so I liken it to they've gotten the case of the spiritual flu. And nobody, nobody is exempt from getting the flu. You hear me? Nobody. But they will tell you that if you'll get your flu shot, that you won't get the flu. Now, the flu shot, whether that's true or not, I don't know because I don't go get it. But I can tell you that, that's what Sina Sitchfeld said the other day. She said, it's been a long time since I've been sick. And well, that's something to thank God for, isn't it? (laughs) But every once in a while, it doesn't mean you're not going to get sick. And uh, so, anyway, uh, and I do know that God has his way of telling us, time for a little rest. You know, he did that to Adam, didn't he? Adam, you've been working hard. Take a nap. Put him in a deep sleep. When you wake up, i will have a beautiful woman waiting for you. Wasn't that nice of God? Say, that used to be your rib, Adam. <laughs> I'm sure Adam felt like, man, that never did look so good. <laughs> when it was in my inside. Oh, Lord. So, you know, God can cause you to take a a little rest, put a little deep sleep on you. So uh, anyway, I'm saying that God uh, knows how to reach to us in our time when we get the flu and a Spirit gets on us, an attitude tries to get a hold of us. Nobody is exempt from it. Anybody can get hit with it. That's why we've got to take heed to ourselves. That's why we've got to pray and lest we enter into temptation under the under the <laughs> under the best circumstances church family, under the best circumstances, you can still get sick. you know you can be taking your vitamins, you can be drinking lots of orange juice you know you can't get sick and then drink the orange juice. you've got to be building up the resistance to what brings the flu. Okay? And that's what we're doing when we come to church. That's what we're doing when we're in pre-service prayer. What we're doing when we're reading the book. What we're doing when we lift our hearts with our hands and worship God. We're building up resistance. We resist the devil. We resist the devil. Amen. Amen. We resist him. And everybody said amen. Amen. Everybody said "Praise praise the Lord. Amen. And you know what? If you'll resist the devil, book said he's gonna run away. He's gonna flee. And so when he comes around and the old flu hits you, spiritually speaking, you just remember, I've I've been praying, I'm gonna keep on praying. I've been reading, I'm gonna keep on reading. I've been going to church, and as soon as I can, I'm gonna be in church. And and uh I'm gonna I'm gonna resist him. I'm gonna keep on resisting him. I'm gonna keep on rebuking him. I'm not going to lose faith because I've got a little flu going on here. Just because the enemy's come around to try me a little bit. I'm I'm behind Jesus. I'm for the truth. And I know that the Lord's going to visit me in my situation. No matter how bleak it may look. You know. And remember, when you're praying, and you've been praying, and the church is praying, then remember that we walk by faith and not by sight. So, I'm glad when, you know, your brow can be touched. At that same preacher the other day and we were discussing the scripture and I guess I mentioned about how you can hear a thing over and over and you'll think it's in the Bible when it's not there. I came for an example and I gave the one that how many times I've taught you, that man shall uh earned his keep by the sweat of his and he said brow and I said no and he said yeah and I said no so he got out of his phone which reminded me of Pastor Urshan I don't know if I ever told you but um, I called him one morning early in the morning it was probably between six and six thirty which isn't all that early but it's early and uh, that's alright I'd already seen the socks on the rooster but I waited till around 6.30 and I called him and I'd been reading the book and, and I came across something and I thought I'd have a little fun so I, you know, a little trivia. So I called him and I, he answered the phone and I said, hey, I got a little trivia for you this morning. he said, oh, alright. And so uh, he's not exactly somebody that sleeps in late himself so he, he evidently was riding along in the car and uh, I think he was headed to the church and And I named somebody. I said, who is so-and-so? And And he said, "Uh, hmm, well, he said, "Uh, uh, well, uh, that name, yeah, that's really, uh And he kept on doing that. And, you know, and and I'm like, finally he said, oh, that's so-and-so. And and that's in the book of so-and-so. Brother, you talk about a downer. I was like, no way. No way he got that. I said, oh, I said, all right. Have a good day. I hung up. And I puzzled over that all day long. I worried over that like a dog over a bone. Man, that night I went to bed. I was still thinking about it. I want you to know. I woke up at daylight, sat straight up in the bed, and I said, he cheated. He was on his phone on the computer. He looked it up. That's why he kept going. Oh, well, you know, I, I seem to remember. Oh, I think, well, you know, isn't that somewhere, you know? All the while, he was, you know. Boy, I got on the phone, and I called him, and he answered, I said, you cheated. He cracked up laughing. He said, yeah, he said, I was going to tell you. I said, yeah, right, you were going to tell me. I said, you are going to tell me when I caught you. I said, I want you to know, man, I sat straight up in the bed this morning. It got me a revelation, pal. (laughs) Well, anyway, I'm just saying to you that we want to get a real insight and a real revelation to this great eternal God and His truth. And when when Paul wrote to the church at Galatia, and he told them, he marveled, he said, I'm marveling that a spirit has gotten a hold of you to the point that you are so soon, and we were talking about, you know, people can think they know so much, and uh, we want to keep learning, we, can't, we want to keep growing in grace and knowledge, we don't want to be taken in by that kind of thinking and attitude, and spirit or fluke, and that he told them, he said, oh foolish Galatians, he said, who hath bewitched you? Now, you know, that's what Simon did down in Samaria, he had bewitched them, and look what set them free. Look what made them free, the truth. The preacher came and brought the truth. And he was able to cast off that spirit that had bewitched them to where Simon was amazed. And he himself even jumped in there to get baptized. But when it came to get the Holy Ghost friend, he got stopped. He got stopped by the apostle and said, oh, no, 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 no. We're not playing games here, pal. No, we're we're sifting you out right here and right now. And we're not selling anything around here. What we've got is gift by grace. and That's that. That's the way that works. And so, Paul said, O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that ye should not obey the truth. When I tell you, we're going to obey the truth. We're going to obey the truth. People who get influenced by the wrong spirit wind up not obeying the truth. But we're gonna stay under the influence of the truth. We're gonna let what we used to say get under the spout where the glory's coming out. We're gonna we're gonna keep ourselves in a position where the truth, when it's obvious, like it was when they said it's Jehu, and he driveth furiously, like Jehu. And everybody that was sent out got behind him. We're going to get behind us. We're going to stand behind us. Everything about us is going to show that. The enemy has come in, and he has tried us. And he's tried to break our ranks, and he couldn't do it. And we're going to continue to show that. Amen. When the men were on the wall, and the enemy came, and he began to say different things to the people on the wall in an attempt to dissuade them and to discourage them and to get them to uh, be disloyal. And the king and the prophet told them to not answer him a word. Don't even speak to him. That's in your Bible. And they didn't. And the king and the prophet took the words of this enemy and laid it before the Lord. And the Lord answered, and said, the church is laughing at them. The church is laughing at them. They're kicking up their heels. They're making a lot of dust. They're doing all kinds of things, a fair show in the flesh. And they're like what Paul said, we're not going to be like. We're not going to be as one beating against the air. You know, some people's best fight is when all they're fighting is the air. You know? We had one big old boy came here to church. He's come through the years periodically. And uh, he, uh, he he's a pretty good sized young man. And he told me, I asked him after church one morning, I said, Hey, I said, so, you know, what are you thinking about doing? He said, I'm thinking about boxing. <laughs> and I said, Really? Yeah. I said, OK. I said, Let me tell you one little thing about boxing. He looked at me, and I said, Well, I said, you, you gotta learn how not just to give it, you gotta learn how to take it. I said, because you know that other guy's gonna be hitting back. You're not shadow boxing, you're not even hitting the bag. You're gonna be fighting somebody and they're gonna be throwing back the leather at you. And he looked at me and he I never read about him going into boxing. I mean, I never heard about him going into boxing after that. I think he decided that maybe, you know, it's like a lot of people I know. They can give it, but they can't take it. You heard it said they can dish, but they can't take Well, let me tell you something. We, you got to be raised up in the truth to where you can take it, because we do have an enemy, and he is going to rise up through people. He is going to come against the church, but the gates of hell shall not prevail. Amen. The gates of hell shall not prevail. Let us stand together. Let us stand together. God love your heart. So since you can, let's do it. You can do for the truth. So let's do that. Because that's something you can do. That's something we can do. One man told me one time, he was an inspector in the city here in Belgrade years ago. And he threatened to shut down one of our buildings. And uh, I knew that he had determined evil. He and somebody else in the city had determined evil against us. And so uh, I didn't resist him or withstand him. Just prayed about it. And, uh, you know, it wasn't too very long. He, He lost his job. He lost his job. And the guy he was in cahoots with, he lost his job. And, you know, when you when you let God, who knows how to run his business, take care of his business, you just go ahead and do the right. You do for the truth. Because people who are against the truth are not going to prosper. They're not going to prosper. I don't care what kind of dance they do. I don't care how they try to throw around Scripture. I'm telling you, the Bible said you could do nothing against the truth but you can do for the truth let's swing behind let's get behind the anointing let's get behind the man of god paul said in one place he asked them he said where is this blessedness you spoke of you know he said even to the point where he said you'd pluck out your own eyes and give them to me if it was possible where is that blessedness he said you maintain that right attitude oh god created me a clean heart And renew within me a right spirit or a right attitude. Give me that touch, Lord, and deliver me from this flu. And bound to come around one of these days and try me and test me. And help me, Lord, as the apostle of old, to shake it off and to feel no harm. No long-range, lasting harm. And you know the people of that area, they look for the apostle Paul to fall down dead. They figured he had, man, if they had a Rolex or a Timex or something, they were looking for him to, whoop, fall over and die. And the time came and went. The Apostle Paul was still up and going. And they decided that, oh, man, this isn't a bad guy. This, this is a good guy. And they decided, they named him after one of their gods. And they decided that this is all going to be all right. And it was because of God, whose name is Jesus Christ. And he gave them a healing campaign. And people begin to be healed. Revival broke out. Let's believe God. All all that this Tri-City area needs is for a healing campaign to break out and for a revival to break out. There ain't nothing wrong with this area, but what a good Holy Ghost revival will cure it. Amen. Let's lift our hearts with our hands and worship the Lord together this morning. God love you. God love you. Jesus. Come on, children. Pray with us. Thank you. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Oh, Amen. Yeah. Praise to the one who saves us through his blood.